Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Program Perceptions, which is a podcast geared towards dissecting ways we might have been programmed and talking through our perceptions. My name is Dr. Tanisha Barton, and in this episode, I am going to talk about leadership. And one of the reasons why I wanted to make this episode is because I honestly feel like the world is lacking leaders. Now, I am going to preface all of this by saying I am not here to tell you that I am the best leader on the planet. That is not the purpose of this episode. The purpose of this episode is really to talk through leadership and really to talk through certain things in leadership that I often feel like are forgotten about and that I often feel like leaders forget to do for a lot of reasons and for a lot of different perspectives and areas. For example, leaderships and leaders in sports, leaders in families, leaders in work, leaders in friend groups, leaders in teams. Like there are so many different ways to be a leader. And I think that for some reason, we don't often talk about what leadership looks like. And we don't often talk about how to do things to model leadership. And I think it's important. And to be honest, I have been in a, a lot of cool experiences in life, both professional and personal, where I have seen some amazing leaders and some amazing people be able to like maneuver through and get the best out of me and make me feel strong and powerful and heard and encouraged and all of those things. And then I've also been on the other end where I've had a terrible leader, a terrible leader that felt like they needed to control everything, a leader that didn't listen, a, felt, a leader that felt like they knew everything. Like there's so many different ways to be a leader and every different leadership style works for different people. And so I just wanted to make an episode and talk about it. I think um, you all know by now I always use sports references, but I think similar to um, like when Michael Jordan's documentary came out, right? He was a certain type of leader. He was an aggressive leader. He was an in-your-face leader. He was an honest leader. He was a lot of things in his leadership style. For some people, that works for them phenomenally well and they rise to the occasion. Other people, that doesn't work too well. But that's not to say that his leadership style wasn't correct. It worked for what it worked for. And I mean, it got him six championships. So clearly he was doing something right. But I'm not here to say that his leadership is the only way to be a leader. And so anyways, I just wanted to share out a little bit of my thoughts and a little bit of thing, a little bit that of a little bit of what I've experienced in hopes of sharing some of my knowledge that I have. And maybe who knows, maybe somebody can use this and give it to somebody they know that's just gotten to leadership or that's trying to do things the right way. Or maybe you can use this episode as a measure for your own leadership style or what you see in your leader that maybe you haven't given a voice to. So before I jump into this episode, my personal Instagram, Dr. Tanisha Barton, my podcast, Instagram program perceptions, and my personal website um, is programperceptions.com. And as always, share, subscribe, write a review wherever you might be listening to this podcast. So now that I've laid the groundwork, um, one of the things that I feel like makes the most successful leader is making sure that you understand that your place in leadership is to help the next person get to where you are. And so let me kind of break that down a little bit because this plays out along all different types of lines, right? So as a friend, if you are a friend and, or you have a friend group and you are the type of leader who always shows up on time, 
who, if your friends need you, you know, they know that they can reach out to you or, you know, whatever you are, whatever qualities you bring to the table, you're basically letting other people know what your expectation is. And you're modeling something that people can try to emulate. Now, everybody's not perfect, right? And this only works if people are paying attention. But if you live your life and model your behavior based on what you want other people to do, eventually as a leader, hopefully things will start to work themselves out. I will use a relationship for an example. There are certain things in my relationship that haven't always been the way they are today, but because either my husband or myself modeled a certain behavior, some of those things rubbed off on the other person. And so I was able to either adjust or he was able to either adjust for me um, because we're leading each other in the ways that work for us, right? If we want to have a successful relationship, we have to give and take a little bit. Now, obviously, you know, the Bible says like, you know, the man leads the relationship and things like that. That's fine. I'm not taking that away from him. But what I'm doing is as a woman, there are certain things that I need that I need my partner to give me. However, just because I'm not the leader with the title that's supposed to be leading this family doesn't mean I just go to the background and act like, you know, what I'm needing doesn't matter. Right. So how are you putting people how are you setting people up to be successful? Like, what does that look like for you? How are you allowing other people to flourish because you are providing them the assistance that they need and able to flourish in that way, right? And so if you take a second and take a minute and, and really be self-reflective on yourself and say, okay, so-and-so, I'm a leader or I, okay, Tanisha, I am a leader in regards to this one thing, what am I doing that is showing people how I want them to be? How am I leading them? What am I doing? Here's the thing though. A lot of people, whether you want to admit this or not, or not a lot of people just aren't leaders. You're not cut out to be a leader. That is not your thing. And you know what? There is nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a person that is not cut up for leadership. That is fine. That is okay. However, you have to know that you're not cut out for leadership because if you're a type of person that thinks that you're cut out for leadership and you continue to do things, but it's just not really your jam, you're impacting other people in a negative way and you need to gracefully bow out. Now, I know people that are listening to this that think they're leaders that aren't leaders are going to feel a certain way and get all riled up and get all defensive. Like that's your problem. If you're not a leader, trust me, people around you know it anyway. You're only wasting your own time trying to convince people that you're a leader, but you're really not. So you probably should step back out of that. One way to figure out if you are a leader or not is do you give people tasks, whether it's work, professional, whatever, and just let, let people figure it out on their own? Or are you the type of person that has to constantly look over their shoulder or monitor them or do certain things? Or do you just let people do their thing, right? Honestly, here, I'm a little obsessive compulsive when it comes to a lot of things. I, there's a lot of things in me that like things to be perfect in the right way and this or that. But once it gets to a certain point, there are things in my life that I have said, okay, so-and-so, you're going to do this, take it and run with it. Like, let me know. 
Um, I think a good example of this is Marissa. Marissa, I love you to death. Um, she takes pictures for me. So I met Marissa um, a couple of months before my wedding. My wedding was, I think, in 2019, if I'm, I think so. Um, and so since then, I've done two other photo shoots with Marissa at, at the time of this recording. I remember on the wedding day, I just let her do her thing um, because, you know, this is her thing. What do I know? And so after I got the pictures back, I started realizing the things that I liked. Marissa started realizing the things that I liked and we were able to work together. And so sometimes I'll go back and spot check photos after she's uploaded all the ones that I get. And I've been like, hey, do you have a one picture where I'm doing more of this? Or I remember this, or I remember that. But I never tell her how to edit her pictures. I never tell her how fast is too fast or, or how slow is too slow or whatever. Like I don't rush her and her process because as a leader and as somebody that I model myself to be, I trust that she's going to do her thing. I don't need to break down her, her neck and say, hey, what about, have you done this picture? I've done that, that, that picture. However, we do communicate. We're often talking about the pictures and often talking about different things. But if Marissa says, hey, the lighting is good over here on the left, guess what? We're going to go on the left and we're going to take the pictures of the lighting, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow her to lead me because that's my second point of leadership. Sometimes when you're a leader, you have to take a seat back and you've delegated, right? You've using Marissa as an example. I've delegated her to take my pictures. That is, that is what she's here to do. It is now not my job to make sure she does her job correctly. My job is to set back and allow her to lead me because that is her job. That is where she shines. Now, if Marissa called me and wants to talk about like career or process improvement or things like that, okay, I'm your girl, right? But my job as a leader is not to tell Marissa how to do her job. My job as a leader is to say, hey, I've given you all the tools to be successful. I'm going to take a step back. You let me know what you need. You know what I like? We're good to go. We'll figure it out. And her and I just work well together. Um, I'll use another example. I am very hands-on. I love planning. I love organizing. I love all things. I'm also a perfectionist when it comes to certain things. However, I am also all about the experience. So my cousin, um, Anitra helped plan all of my rehearsal dinner. I think the only thing I told her I wanted to do was I wanted to pick the location and the food, I think was my directive. Um, but she basically did everything else. Like she figured out like what type of setups, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Like I needed to take a step back from that. I didn't have to lead that. She knows me. She knows she got it right. She has it all figured out for me again. That is a leadership quality, taking a step back and letting the people who know you, who trust you, that you've put in charge of certain things, let them do it. Why not? What's the point, right? But if you look at leadership in a lot of different ways, like people don't do that anymore. There are situations that I'm often in very, 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 very often. And I will sit back and there's usually somebody that thinks that they know everything about everything, right? Somebody will speak up and say something. Um, and this could be professionally and personally. There's somebody that will speak up with everything somebody has to say. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, how do you know so much about other people's things and what they got going on? Like, what do you got going on in your own life? Why do you always have an opinion? It's so weird um, because we don't always have to have an opinion. But I think part of being a comfortable leader is knowing your place. Because if you're a leader and you're insecure, you're doing everybody around you a disservice. If you were a leader and you, you're, you're inconsistent in the way that you show up and you're inconsistent in what people can think and feel about you, you're not a good leader and you might not even be a leader. So I would just take some time and, and be self-reflective. And again, 
I'm not here to say that I'm the best leader ever, but what is your role in this? Like, how are you as an individual elevating that next person? Like, if you're a leader right now and in an organization or in any way professional or in any way your personal setting, how are you elevating your people? How are you giving your people a platform, confidence, support so that they feel like they can go do what they need to do? How is that how is that showing up for you? What does your elevation process look like? How are you elevating your people. What are some things that you do? Cause you should be able to list them out, right? You should be able to say, well, I delegate. Well, um, I don't reach out to them unless they, you know, need me or, you know, I give them the skeleton of what I think they need to do. And then they don't come back to me until the skeleton is complete. And when it's complete, I don't then throw out ideas and make them change every single thing that they have together. I'm just there as a buffer to kind of talk through, talk through the process to them and see if they have some things figured out. What type of leader are you? How are you elevating someone else? Because there are a lot of leaders, and I'm using air quotes, nobody can see them, that are not elevating anybody. They're not elevating themselves. They're not elevating their people. They're not elevating anybody's skill set. They're not ele- They're not helping. And if that is you, again, like you really need to stop and consider what type of leader you are. Something else about leadership that I think we need to talk about more often is how are you putting yourself as a leader in positions for you to be successful? This is kind of a loaded point, but one of the things that matters the most when you are a leader, right? So if I'm a leader and I have 17 people on my team, but I'm the leader I need to make sure that I can be successful to whoever my boss is. My boss could be myself because I have my own company and I need to make sure I'm good or hell, if I had my own company, the boss would probably be my husband, but whatever. Um, But I need to figure out that I'm being successful. But how am I putting myself in a position to be successful as a leader? And when you put yourself in a position to be successful as a leader, that doesn't mean that you have to do the work. That doesn't mean that I have to put myself in every situation so that I have to make sure everything gets done because that is not what a leader should be. A leader should be, I am going to give all of my 17 people, using the same example, I'm going to give my 17 people everything they need to be successful. Every single thing that my my team needs for me to be successful, I'm going to delegate that to my team. And if I delegate that to my team, because I'm a good leader, because we can work well together, and because we're able to evolve, what comes back to me should be the foundations or the answers to allowing me to check off that one thing on the box and start to work on something else. So I strategically have to be the type of leader where I am hiring the right people, building the right team, and creating a space where this works. Well, I'll use a sports analogy so it's not too corporate America-ish. If I am a team leader, I'm a team captain or whatever, it is up to me to show up every day and to make sure the people that are playing around me have the tools that they need for us as a team to be successful. What does that look like? It could be being tough on the team, making sure we're ready to go. It could be, hey, are we practicing as much as we need to be practicing? Are we staying after getting up? a few extra reps. Like 
are we talking about the game plan? Are we, you know, researching the teams that we're playing and making sure that we're all aligned and on the same page? Like, how am I, as the leader, putting myself in a position to be successful? Because obviously, if the team wins, I win, right? And if we lose, I lose too. But how how am I or what can I do to put myself and my team in a position to be successful? That is what I need, right? At the end of the day, we are all wanting to be successful. And if we are all wanting to be successful, what is the role I play into making sure that my team is successful as a leader? And as a leader, I would hope (laughs) that your team's success is, is what's important. And then one other thing I will just say, because I often think these words kind of get thrown around a lot, Fear and courage can't occupy the same that can't occupy the same space. You can't be you can't be fearful and have courage, and you can't have courage and be fearful. Fearful, right, Tanisha? Talk. Um, So, who are you? Are you a leader that leads with courage? Are you leading with? Hey, this is what I believe. This is where we're going. This is the hill I'm going to die on. I might be wrong, but I think that I'm right. And if I'm wrong, I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But I'm going to be courageous in my decision and I'm going to say, no, I don't have to micromanage you. I don't have to look over your shoulder. I don't have to make sure you're doing everything because I have the courage as a leader that I've invested in you the right way, right? I have courage. I'm good to go. Or are you living in fear? Are you operating in a sense of, oh my gosh, I have to do everything because if my boss sees this, it's not going to be good. And I have to go ahead and micromanage the five people, um, you know, that I'm working with on this project, because if I don't micromanage it and it doesn't go off right, then we're going to get in trouble. And then if we don't get in trouble or if it's not good enough, or if the organization says this, or if we lose, or if we don't lose the amount of weight or whatever, like, are you living in that fear? Because if you're living in that fear, you really need to challenge your leadership. Because you shouldn't live in fear as a leader. You should live in courage. And if you don't live in courage and you are a leader that is listening to this, as I said a little while ago, you're probably not cut out for leadership. Leaders don't live in fear, right? We live in courage. And there's a lot of things that I have going on and that I've done that are in process and um, that are actively kind of being them working themselves through right now. And the only way that I would be able to do some of these things is because I have courage and because I have the courage to stand up and say, no, this isn't acceptable. I'm not living in a fear that if I don't say that, then something's going to happen. Screw fear. Fear lives in us. We're humans. We're always going to have fear, right? But fear isn't dictating my decisions. And as a leader, they shouldn't because it's not fair. It's not fair to me to have to live with that fear every day. It's not fair to my team to basically know that I don't trust them. So I'm living in fear that they're going to screw something up and then screw it up for all of us. That's not good. Fear isn't good because it causes you to be anxious and it causes other people to realize that you're fearful and for them to not look at you with the same type of eyes that they would look at you if they knew that you stood with something in you, with a little bit of grit, with a little bit of courage. So if you're listening to this and you are leading in fear, you're doing it wrong. 
And you're doing it wrong at a disservice to yourself, at a disservice to every single person around you that is in the situation. So again, fear and courage can't occupy the same pit, the, the same space. They can't. You have to find courage and you have to figure out what you want to do. The other thing is sometimes when you're a leader, you have to go out on your own sword. That's just what it is. And that's part of leadership. And that's why, again, I will say at the beginning of this call, if you are a leader, you know that you're a leader. You feel it in your gut. You It burns that you feel it so much. You make decisions based on the majority and you make decisions based off making the road or making someone else's journey better because that is what leadership is. You are basically leading people to a space that is better and easier to work with and that makes sense, right? That at the core... That is leadership. How can you, as an individual, create a space where the space gets better and better and better because you left it better and better and better? That's a leader. How does that courage show up? I'm going to tell you, the courage feels anxious sometimes. The courage is the little voice in your head that is telling you to do one thing and telling you like, you know, the right thing. You just have to do it. You have to go for it. And you don't want to, because you're like, oh gosh, it's going to be so hard. It's going to open up another can of worms. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But in the back of your mind, like, you know, that is what you're supposed to do. That's courage. That's courage. And some people have a hell of a lot of courage. I've seen it. I try to model it, you know, depending on who you ask, people might be like, no, Tanisha, you lack that. I don't know. But some people have zero courage at all. They lead through fear. Fear often comes out in micromanagement. Fear also comes out in people not sharing knowledge or not looping people in. Um, I'm going to give an example of this, and I, I, hope it's, I hope it's relatable. It is like me knowing how to write or me knowing how to formulate a paper that makes sense and gives you really good bones. Um, but then not showing anybody else that I know that's in school how to do that same thing. Because now I have a fear that they're going to end up doing it better than me, right? The goal is for somebody to do it better than you. When my friends accomplish something, you know what I say? When I when I do something, and I remember like I bought a house um, a while back. And when I bought the house, I had a lot of friends who were like, oh my God, oh my God, I want to be like you one day. I want to do this. Well. And you know what I always say? Don't be like me. Be better than me. Be better than me. That's okay with me. Because if I lay a foundation and you go over that foundation and you do a better job at me, to me, a better job than me, that means I'm a good leader. I don't need you to match me and meet me where I'm at. I let pass me up. Let me meet you there. Because now, now we're well, now we're both working, right? And that's courage. I have the courage to say, Hey, pass me up. Great. Like do this. Let's write it out together. Cause that's who I am to my core. However, person that's not a good leader, you know what they're going to be? They're going to be fearful, fearful that you're going to pass them, fearful that you're going to make more money than them, fearful that you're going to have a better relationship than them, fearful that you're going to get skinnier than them, fearful that insert whatever, you're going to have a better car than them. You're going to have a better job than them. Fearful that they're going to get promoted and you're not fearful that somebody's going to realize that you're not that important because somebody else can do the same job better than you can do it. But they didn't know that because you were holding on all the knowledge, right? So don't lead through fear. If you are a leader right now, you really need to look at yourself and you need to ask yourself, are you leading through fear? 
or are you leading through courage? A leader that leads through fear, I'm telling you, is secretive, hides everything, has to do everything. Nobody doesn't loop in people, um, just does their own thing and, and expects, expects everybody else to figure it out like they did. Leader with courage brings people along with them. Make sure that everybody is okay. Make sure that everybody feels included. Make sure everybody has a space. Make sure that everybody's learning and growing and development and developing. Those are two different types of leaders. And let me tell you something. I said two different types of leader. That was a lie. One of those is not leadership. One of them is leadership. So we need to be a little bit self-reflective. We need to be a little bit aware of where we are at realistically. And let's work on the areas that we need to work on. Why not? Like, what do we have to lose? Why not just work on some things that you need to work on, right? Like we're humans. None of us are perfect. We are often evolving. We are evolving. We're changing. We're shifting. We like one thing. We get new information. Oh, we like something else now. We get this information. We're like, oh, we don't like that anymore. That is what humans do. And that's okay. Let's normalize being humans because that is what we do. And so if you, again, if you are somebody that has a leader, knows a leader, or often has these conversations um, with people, I would question, or I would try to understand how people are showing up. I would try to understand the different perspectives and I would try to open yourself up to more. And what I say by more is realize that your way is not the only way bring people in, allow people to feel included, allow, give people a seat at the table. How are you elevating somebody else? How are you setting yourself up to be successful? Are you hoarding information? Are you doing things that other people can do because you're afraid to let those things go? Whatever you do, you have to share out those things. And so make sure that you are showing up for yourself. Make sure that you're showing up for the people that you lead and ask yourself, am I leading with fear or am I leading with courage? And if you're leading with fear, figure out ways that you can get around that and start being a better leader. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, anyways, um, I want to end this by saying, again, this is to these are my thoughts. This is how I think. This is what I feel. And this is how I, Tanisha, evaluate leaders, people, and all things. And it is okay if you're not a leader. Everybody wasn't cut out for that. And that is totally fine. But figure out where you fit. And once you figure that out, it's a hell of a lot easier for you to move forward because now you know where you stand and now you know what you're working with. And now you know how you can help your leader do other things, right? Like now you know, okay, how can my leader help me? And you can start evaluating the leader that you have. You can start evaluating if the leader that you have is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And to be honest, it's scary for a lot of leaders to be evalu evaluated because they know that they're not doing a good job. They know they're not doing a good job and they don't want feedback on they're not doing a good job because they're leading with fear anyway. So they don't want feedback because that's, that's scary. So take some time, be self-reflective, be you and be true. <laughs> be honest with yourself. If you're not a leader, that's okay. If you are a leader, that's okay. If you don't know, take some time and figure it out. Nothing, you don't have to figure everything out today. So anyways, your perceptions aren't always reality. Sometimes they are the lens in which you have been programmed. Thank you so much for listening.